welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about 450 pages of mistrust and misadventure. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, yeah. Tim's doing whispers. This week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover the entire Fate of the Jedi, Book 6, Vortex by Troy Downing. Want to know why? Because we read it all. We finished it last week. Yeah, we did. But that was last week. Previously on Forever Canon. Bum, bum, bum. Like I said, we finished the book. (laughs) This week, let's just get it right down to business. And let's start with the galactic overview. What happened in the broader scope of the galaxy across, well, 450 pages, as I said already. Let's get real repetitive off the beginning of the podcast. It's a long book. It was a long book. A pretty, what are they usually average? Like 360 to four? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then you figure this is like the end of the second act, right? The Mm -hmm. end of the middle arc. So it gets a bit bigger. Thank God book four wasn't this long. Galactic (laughs) overview. Following the death of Abeloth at the hands of Luke Skywalker, the previously delusional Jedi have recovered their sanity. Proving this fact, a chief of state... Natasi Dalla ends her Mandalorian siege on the Jedi Temple. However, she refuses to release the Horn Children. Grandmaster Kent Hamner's lack of response divides the Jedi Council. Meanwhile, slave uprisings have erupted across the galaxy, and Dalla's Mandos are caught on live hollow news, slaughtering slaves and murdering reporter Madi Vaunt, which, of course, is part of the large conspiracy to undermine the Galactic Alliance itself. In a desperate effort to aid Luke in his hunt for the very alive Abeloth, the Jedi Order commits treason. Conspiring to kidnap 100 Coruscanti elite, launch stealth X squadrons, and recover Gisela and Valen Horn from Dalla's custody. The Jedi are successful on all fronts, but their divided leadership culminates in Grandmaster Kent Hamner's death during a struggle with Master Saba Sevatine. Across the galaxy at Piedr, the Jedi Stealth X has arrived just in time to save Luke, Ben, and Vistara from the Sith fleet, allowing Luke to track Abeloth's post-second death, second escape. Also, there's still pirates out there, and the Empire may have left the Galactic Alliance? Unclear <laughs> at the end of the book. Yeah. Anything else? Did I ma- anything you want to sprinkle in there for me? Yeah, no, I think I think you got it pretty good. Everybody's conspiring against Dala. Abeloth is dead but still alive. Like, yeah, like the, the key notes are Abeloth not dead, gone again. Luke Skywalker gets back up from the Jedi. Dala thinks everybody's trying to overthrow her because they are. Mm-hmm. And there's Sith pirates out there from the beginning of the book. Yeah. That never get mentioned again. No, they're just that they're hanging... Just, they're there somewhere. Yeah, they're the hanging threat somewhere. Something's happening out there for probably the next book or whatever, right? But that's pretty much what happened across the wide galaxy. Mm-hmm. But now let's take a closer look. At our first character profile... Yeah. Han and Leia Solo featuring Alana. Solo parents, drop the kid edition. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's gone. Yeah. Han and Leia operate independently this entire book. You know, and it's 
I think it's set up in the last book or maybe the beginning of this one. That's the whole point of bringing her to the Jedi Temple, right? Mm -hmm. Is that there's a thousand Jedi Knights to babysit this six, seven, eight, nine year old. And Han and Leia Solo have important things to do. Yeah. As much as they enjoy spending time, hot chalky time with their granddaughter, whatever they're doing, and the crazy wide mouth cat, which by the way, it's what Avaloth looks like, right? She's got a big, wide, Nexu mouth full yeah, of teeth. Yeah, pretty much. Creepy. I think about that quite often. But Alana is not very present throughout this book until the end, and we'll get to that. But Han and Leia Solo, they do things. Han's right there right at the beginning, meeting Dala on the temple steps, convincing her that these Jedi have recovered, and embarrassing her on the news. <laughs> That's when the doctor kicks that guy in the junk, oh, right? Oh, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was such a delicate medical procedure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to check if they're not crazy, he kicks one of them in the nards. Yeah, to see if he'll overreact. <laughs> I'm still alive, so they must be fine. Yeah. Yeah, Han's there for that. So <laughs> that's strike one against them, right? Like, I'm kind of picturing Han and Leia Solo being the scapegoat for the Jedi and all this stuff that's going down uh, over the course of this book. I'm seeing at the end of it, I think Han and Leia are going to be Dala's target. She signed them up to negotiate with the Jedi, correct? Mm -hmm. That never gets talked about again. Nope. She never like messages them like, hey, what's going on? How is it going? Report to me. There's no follow-up on just telling them. No. Go negotiate for me. No, I think it that was the the book's way or the story's way of putting them in the middle. It's yeah. So she can blame them. Hey, you were supposed to be the negotiators. What is wrong with you? Right. But maybe it's not because then wouldn't you like say that a few more times? Mm -hmm. Whether or not they're going to be the center of attention for Dala in the next book. I don't know. But they do a lot of stuff in this one. Mm -hmm. For example, Leia reconnects with Tahiri over the dead solo boys a little more again this book see mm -hmm. doing things which the little vignettes of popping into Tahiri's trial why were they so good <laughs> <laughs> nothing really happened and it, over the course of this book it's like it's used it serves a function of of connecting giving a, a way for Leia and Jaina to like actually speak to Tahiri while she's on trial and in jail and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. It serves that function. We get, uh, we get to see Tahiri, you know, she gets to make the right choice the right way. The whole kind of message of the whole book, but it also is this weird relief of, of, um, uh, I don't know, like a totally different flavor. We yeah. Cut it. You cut from, Sith battling Jedi, right? Like classic Star Wars stuff mm -hmm. to a courtroom scene, <laughs> like a yeah. law and order episode where it's like Kung Kung and it says whatever at the bottom, like uh, 115th District Precinct, uh, Special <laughs> Jedi Courts, 10.52 yeah. a.m. And then it's Aramuth getting torn apart by a lying witness. And then when we cut back, it's like we destroyed the liar. <laughs> right. That's kind of the arc of the whole thing. I don't even remember what my point was. Something about... Tahiri. <laughs> yeah, it's a different type of tension, and it's even though they're short, like maybe like I think one was 
in the last episode was like a chapter. Yeah, they're usually well, they usually are a, cha- a chapter, but a shorter chapter. Yeah, it's it. There's a lot of depth in the chapter as to seeing what like what Tahiri's thinking, and what's I like the emo- more emotional part rather than the. And you wonder like we've been so disconnected from her from all the through all these books because she's been in jail. Mm-hmm. But she's been kept constantly as a focus in the background. Yeah. As, yeah, maybe a tension break or a different flavor of tension, whatever. But Leia talks to her because Leia is in the book. Han and Leia then meet with that Senator Wool guy Mm -hmm. who's going to introduce a law that's like Jedi independence and stuff. It can never be controlled by the government. Here's the law that tells you. I don't know. And they tell the council about Hamner and Buatu's secret deal. Another big thing that happens. Han and Leia did it. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 was that was the nail in Hamner's coffin. Yeah. Really, right. That was when everything. He had already been spending too much time telling Corrin Horn, I'm not rescuing your kids and sit tight and telling the rest of the council, you know. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I can't tell you what it is. This is how we grandmaster. I learned it from Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I can't tell you what my plan is, but understanding that he's like keeping a secret from the rest of the masters on the council just destroys the yeah. Jedi council. Yeah. That was the first time he almost died. Cause, <laughs> cause there was going to be, he had his hand on his lightsaber Yeah, at that point, yeah. like ready to go. And again, it's Han and Leia kind of at the center of it, kind of at the 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 precipitating factor in the in the change. Mm-hmm. You know, not just on live news embarrassing the chief of state as the change comes through of the balance of power between the government and the Jedi. We're not crazy anymore. You can't tell us what to do, right? Yeah. Now they come into the Jedi Council chambers and they're like, "That one lied." <laughs> and it start immediately the council fractures and it starts crumbling away as into what we see at the end, right? They're they're kind of at the center of a lot of major changes in the I don't know the balance of relationships in these in this book across mm-hmm. this series. They're they're at a lot of stuff right now, and they lead the recovery strike to get the Horn children from Dala, who won't give them back, right? Where we get this amazing moment, a glimpse into the depth of Han Solo's love for his wife, where he thinks she's been blown to smithereens on the mm-hmm. platform. It's heartbreaking and sweet stuff between Han and Leia, who are 10% lovey, 90% sarcastic best friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, get a peek into, into the depth of that through... His wailing down a empty yeah. shaft, just of how frozen people, how important to just not not his life, but his emotional well being that she is. Yeah, they are each other's <laughs> last surviving support. Yeah, because if I think I he mean could, I don't know how much can you count on Jaina. I think he could he could even handle Jaina dying. I think if Leia went, he'd be done. It's it's a difference between. Raising warrior children and falling in love with a princess when you're young. Yeah. The expectations are different. Mm -hmm. When you're raising Jedi warrior children, (laughs) 
there's there's got to be whatever small percentage of your mind that goes they're definitely going to die before I do. Yeah. Like no matter how true that that comes to be, like that's in the back of your head, right? It's like, yeah, well, we're training soldiers. Our children are soldiers. Versus you rescue the princess and she's beautiful and an incredible personality and you fall in love with her and you have all this hope for build for the future, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a different balance of things. And you're totally right that seeing that, that I don't know how hard that hits him, obviously. Yeah. But he immediately goes like feral wailing mode. <laughs> yep, yeah. It's wild. You don't ever see that from Han Solo. But, you know, like we said, a lot of loss over these 15 books that we've <laughs> yeah. read even. Yep. Han and Leia also are in the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> With Leia suggesting to Grandmaster Sabatine, yeah, I said it, mm -hmm. that the Jedi should evacuate the temple. Whether or not that's going to happen, unclear. Before reuniting with Alana, who also is in the end of the book. Yeah. And only there. Where? Oh, uh, the princess daughter of Jason Solo and Tenel Ka tells five people the <laughs> secret. Yeah. Oh, and just like that, in two pages of existing, the child overshadows everything that the solos <laughs> accomplished or were involved in throughout the entire book, because that was mind blowing and totally unexpected. Yeah. And puts her entire life and the, the vision of the future at risk. And maybe that's why my focus is pulled to Han and Leia at the end of the book too, because <laughs> yeah, she's wrapping it up. Yeah. Just, Put them right, in, put a bullseye on them, all three of them again, right? Mm -hmm. Not as if there isn't enough of them already. <laughs> but oh boy, what does that do for the next three books? Because a lot more Alana in danger. Oh, they're telling us Barb's gonna go Barb again. Yeah, because he, he knows the secret, and he's asking who he can tell. So it's like. It's like a Lenny and Carl thing. Not Lenny and Carl. <laughs> That's the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, God. I can't think of, of Mice and Men names. Oh, yeah. Lenny and George. Yes. And it's like very obvious what's going to happen when he's asking if he can rip the rabbit's head off or whatever. Or like, yeah. Can I, 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 can I touch him. the thing yeah. that I'm definitely going to destroy? Yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> no, Groot, don't press the red button. Well, yeah. Barb's like, hey, man, can I tell your parents? Yeah, they're like two seconds out of the tunnel <laughs> after she says, you can't tell anyone or I will die. Hey, can I tell this person? What about this person? Yeah. And bang, boom, that's the journey of Han and Leia Solo featuring Alana across this book. They're pretty central in a lot of the I don't know uh, I wish I could have a better word than change yeah a lot of the turning points or a lot of the um, that's a good one <laughs> um, like climactic parts of the book that's another good word that's what that's Thanks. they don't have a lot in between but as soon as no. something big happens but they're there present they <laughs> at all the big things yeah like, the Jedi aren't crazy anymore Hamner's been lying to everybody should we retreat or not from the temple? They save the horn kids, right? Mm -hmm. Them. Yeah. The two of them, literally. Or they get locked back behind everybody else with the two kids. Anyways, what was 
your favorite moment of Han and Leia solo in Vortex? I liked it. This is Han's just intuitiveness about with Kent and Buatu mm. and saying, hey, he knows a secret. Yeah. He has a secret, You're even right. though he doesn't really right. know that. Because it's like total Sabak playing. Yeah. He's like, I can tell you're bluffing. I don't know what you're bluffing about, but you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it. That's that's cool, man. You're right. That was really like gambler's intuition. I didn't even think of that mm-hmm. at the time and failed to mention it here. They tell the secret, but uh, in a ubiquitous sort of way yeah. where they it's not they don't know what the secret is, but they're like, hey, he's keeping a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell him about your secret? Yeah, but you're right. <laughs> Make it's, him tell the secret so himself. In, it is that gambler intuition where he's like, you're bluffing and I'm calling your bluff right now. Yeah. And destroys the Jedi Council. Yeah, that was a cool moment. <laughs> <laughs> Little footnote. Mine was probably 3PO almost killing Han with a 10,000 foot drop of a Coruscant <laughs> fucking yeah. hover scaff. Had to be saved by Zach. Yeah, just like, I don't know. It was just classic Star Wars between Han and 3PO. The two of them that have a very unique dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Where... It, you know, he's a service droid. Han can't stand how pedantic he is and stuff. And then he's not understanding instructions and he smashes in a Han Solo 10,000 feet above the ground. Right? Yeah. It's whatever. The whole thing. It was pretty good. Constantly making like little jabs at each other. Yeah. It kind of reminds me um, except of okay. me, and, me and my brother. Except <laughs> 3PO doesn't purposely insult Han ever. No. The only thing, the, the way that he gets under Han's skin is by reporting reality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Han wants to live in a fantasy world of, you know, however many parsecs you want to go. Yeah. Let's move on to our second character profile. All right. Jaina Solo. Here we go. The mostly silent sword of the Jedi. <laughs> well, not much for her here, huh, Tim? Because, <laughs> I don't know. If I've said it, God, this must be the 15th time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've finished 15 books. This must be the 15th time I'm going to go, more Jaina, please. <laughs> like, come on. She is present at the very beginning of the book where she barely escapes Sith and pirates who also disappear. Right? She's with Lando in chapter one, which is an absolute mislead because she disappears. Again, until chapter 10, (laughs) where she tells the council with her parents. She's there telling them about the Sith fleet. Next chapter, she's with mom and dad at Senator Wool's meeting. Then poof, she's gone till chapter 23, where she apologizes to Jag. Her biggest moment by far. Yeah. Because there aren't any other ones. Also very necessary because she's being a total idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. That was... That was immature and it was bad judgment and it was unfair to the person that you love. Yeah. Like that was just all kinds of not 32 years old. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are. She, well, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Using the royal they for the twins in one of them's dead. But nonetheless, the point being more. She comes back again at the end of the book to help pull off the horn heist. With nothing really consequential happening for her. No. She's a peripheral character. She does the cool, I'm stronger than Zek grenade (laughs) redirect. Yep. And uh, 
What was your favorite moment of Jada Solo, <laughs> Tim? In Vortex. Well, that that moment with the grenade, just because I want to see more. Yeah. It's cool to see her show that she has as much power as she does, but and, I, she's so peripheral all the time. Okay, so we've been complaining about, like, emotional relationship, Jaina, being wrong, like, behaving poorly. Mm-hmm. Not that it's written bad or anything like that, although kind of. Why is this 32-year-old woman so erratic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... I don't know. I'm not a warrior. I've not. I've not lived my entire <laughs> life in war. Yeah. With magic powers, so I don't know about any of that. So like having her have this annoying emotional journey where she finally comes to apologize to Jag. That's cool. When she is in battle mode, she is the coolest character in these books. Yeah. She is the most powerful badass, with like full dedication to whatever she's got to do to fulfill the mission. Yeah. Like when she's in mission mode, as she was for the last half of the last series, she is at her best Mm -hmm. instead of crawling in Jag's lap and hiding in his wall. And what the hell (laughs) have we been doing all this time? Yeah. Put a lightsaber in her hand or put her in a cockpit. She's great. Like when she was fighting the Sith there and when she realized that they were a Sith fleet. Yeah. That was great too. Yeah. Great. Three moments. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite one was when she was like, Dad, don't look at my ring. <laughs> cool, because she's 32. Yeah. Let's move on to the next character profile. That was a quick one, wasn't it? Abeloth. The mysteriously multiple murdered maiden out of the Maw. Not of the Maw, out the Maw. How long do you have to live in a place before you are of that place? Because she's been there a bit. But now she's out. Yes. Just out scary. and of Gary. She was scary enough there. Yeah. Remember like when they went to her planet and there was nothing you could do to stop her <laughs> or, or like, I don't know. She was, <laughs> she was a scary she backdrop wanted. when she wasn't in the book. Yeah. Cause they're like, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean book four when she wasn't in the entire book yeah. after having just been revealed? Yeah. Not met. Okay. Abloff. <laughs> So, she didn't die last book. Somehow impersonating Diane Stad instead. When Luke Skywalker was tussling with her and she ran away. And then Diane Stad was outside the cave and Luke killed him. Because it was really Abeloth. And then they took Diane Stad on the Jade Shadow to heal up. Yep. But that was really Abeloth. So who did he kill? Did he kill Dion's dad? He must have, He right? must have. Luke Skywalker must have absolutely murdered an innocent man. Accidentally. Yeah. Manslaughtered an innocent man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because. Questions. I, I have a lot of questions about this character. Let's, let's move on. Okay. Step one. She's not dead. Yes. <laughs> Everybody else thinks she's dead. She's not dead. She takes ship to Perder. To the fallen Assie. Maybe she was one of them 25,000 years ago. How old is she? What is she? <laughs> Abeloth feeds off the anguish and suffering of these fallen Assie. Uh, after having inflicted them with an illusory plague. Why? To heal? To gather more power? 
That's terrible. She appears as another of Luke's ex-girlfriends, having appeared to him as Callista in the previous book. Now, she's a Kana. Luke's ex-Falanassi girlfriend. Why? Why is she always his girlfriend? Mind games. Is that about her or is that about him? All the talk she has with Talon about teaching him what he's going to become, what he is becoming, because he looked into the pool of knowledge. All that talk about that. What is he becoming? Dead now. No, yeah. But what was that? Abeloth could have killed Luke. She has them all wrapped up at the end of the book, but instead she wants him to, quote, suffer like we did. Why? Yeah, it doesn't make a... What is that? What did you suffer? And why is torturing Ben the way? What is happening? (laughs) Who is this person? What is their motivation? What is their goal? Why are they always Luke Skywalker's ex-girlfriend? Why don't they want to kill him? Who made them suffer? What is happening? (laughs) This is six books in, dude. Yeah. Mind you, she didn't appear till what, book three? And she wasn't in four. So three, five, six. Yeah, and we still know nothing. Nothing. She's powerful and (laughs) can make illusions. And she's not in the maw. That's like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How was she killed as a Kana, then walked back in as Callista, whom she was killed as in the last book? <laughs> what incredible force power did she use to escape Luke, Ben, and Vistara at the end where she flashed a force wall or something? She's gone again. Where is she escaping to inside ship? And why, Tim? What is she doing and where and why and what is happening? And she's slowly making her way to the core eventually, it looks like. Why does it look like that? I'm not disagreeing. I don't get it. Well, just... (laughs) I'm saying, please help me. In the direction she's traveling, like, I'm just assuming that she's going from powerful force, nexus, whether it be dark or light or whatever, or... Right, because... Random. There was a nexus there. At the where the Falanasi tribe are, because that's probably why they're there. And they and they use that the white current of the force. Yeah. So that's that's a powerful. It's another interpretation like, of it. Yes, exactly. It's another. Uh, I'm gonna say flavor again. Damn it. Yeah. Guy Fieri's all out of words over here. <laughs> flavor Town. So I'm thinking eventually she'll head to the Jedi Temple, which is a powerful part of the force. Because there's so many Jedi there. Yikes. What was your favorite moment of Avalon, Tim? <laughs> I want... It, it's not so much a moment as I want to know what she did or how she is able to either transfer her herself or have multiple bodies. Because there was a dead body on the floor of her. Mm-hmm. Cut in half and crushed with a ceiling beam. Mm-hmm. And then she walked in the door at another body. So, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, un- unless... So fascinating. Yeah, unless like, Abeloth is not actually a physical form and just spirit. But she definitely has a truer physical form, which is the tentacle lady with the, the blonde hair and the mouth full of Nexu teeth. 
Yeah. So like, what is that? <laughs> I don't have any answers. There's man. no answers. Oh, I think my favorite part was when her leg was cut off and she was standing there with this aura of dark side energy either pouring out of or seeping into her leg hole. <laughs> yeah. And then she just like flashed, disappeared. I don't know what the hell happened. She is for, <laughs> I can't even gather my thoughts for a character. We know nothing about. She is very interesting mm-hmm. for a character. We're purposely not being given answers about, and we're chasing her across the galaxy to get a trickle of information of what she is, you know, us, yeah. the reader, Luke Skywalker doing it as well. I, this is the most interesting character that we've, that uh, out of 15 books. Yeah. She's written wonderfully as being so terrifying, so big, but also you have no Some idea kind of relatable. Yeah. It's because it, she takes human forms <laughs> and she seems to have human ish emotions. Yeah. She wants revenge on Luke Skywalker. And at first, what did he ever do when she was you dragging know, people? She seemed lonely as a theme of the unintended consequences of Luke Skywalker's actions across the galaxy. You know, that, that theme that we've been revisiting with the Keldor and then the, Oh, who were the other people? Not the Yang T. The Yang T. Not them, though. The Dathomiri. That mm-hmm. was the one. And then the Fallen Assy, right? Because she was like, when you came here last time, blah, blah, blah. This theme of unintended consequences, This the, the wake of ripples he leaves across the current as he wades through the galaxy. We're being shown over and over again. Look at these unintended consequences and how they're either coming back to bite you in the ass later through history or, or just... You know, they're a tangible change that you forced. Mm-hmm. What did he do to Abeloth? Yeah. Unintentionally? Did he hurt her when he touched the pyramid? What was that? Yeah, because that. He, he touched <laughs> Magic it, set up the and done. <laughs> and you're not allowed to go back or something. Like, what? Yeah. What if the next three books are Abeloth retracing Luke's steps back to the first book <laughs> and we go backwards. I don't know. God. She's amazing. Let's move on to our next character. Vestara Kai. Sith in exile? Maybe? Uh, ish. At the beginning of the book, having just betrayed the Skywalkers in their first killing of Abeloth, now sensing ship's return, she locks Ben in the shadow, betraying him again. Locks him in there with Abeloth, by the way. Not Dion's dad. Yep. That doesn't really get drawn enough attention to. No, I didn't. I didn't think about it at all until you just said it. At no point does Ben go, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think they mention it and then they move on, right? There's too much happening. No time to sit around and contemplate what the hell I was sitting in that room with while I was locked in there. But just glad she didn't throw a thermal detonator in here, right? Back to the start. She's betrayed Ben again. She runs off to warn the Sith that ship is coming. She gets all tangled up in the deadly jungle and has to be rescued by Ben. Hanging from a cliff and all that and special promise. Remember? He was like, I got a plan. Yep. <laughs> I got a plan. I got a plan. That's a 
It's Jim Crochet. I got a name. That's what that was. I'm telling myself. I didn't understand why I started <laughs> doing that. Vistara promises to never betray him again, yet they end up in a forced tug of war over not Abloth's body. Vistara shouting about the body saves Ben from Talon, who had him by the ankle, hung upside down, and a lightsaber to his face, in case we forget that also. You know, see, they they, uh, reciprocate saving each other from being hung by their ankle to their death. Being dead. That's cool. (laughs) Remember, she promised she'll never betray him again. She shouts about the body, saves Talon. Didn't betray him. Aha. She climbs aboard ship with the rest of the team because ship takes everybody over to the pool of knowledge, which is a trick to get the Jedi and Sith to fight each other because the Abeloth and ship know that the information that's in there is important to say the least. And upon landing outside the grotto of the pool of knowledge, the two teenagers are separated again from the grownups for a moment. Yeah. Not very long. There's a lot of time in this book with just her and Ben. Yeah. Apparently, an important relationship for her because when they look in the pool of knowledge, do you remember what she saw? What yeah. she saw on the seesaw? <laughs> yeah. It w- wasn't it like a, her and Ben and she, Ben was, she sees her sad future self. Yeah. Reaching out to Ben Skywalker in the pool of knowledge. What was that? Yeah. What? Wanting. How far in the future is that? How far in the future is Alana on the White Throne? Ten years. <laughs> nice arbitrary guess. Yeah, we right? we did a little bit of guessing about that when it first came up. And I want to think that she's going... It's, it's one of two. Either she's still with the Sith and saying she's sad that he's not coming with her. Mm-hmm. Or they flip-flop. Oh, the star is good. Ben's going to fall to the dark side trying to save her. Yeah. And they're like going to cross each other at the intersection on the way <laughs> yeah, kind by. Of, yeah. As she's being saved, he's falling to the dark side. Shit, that would be neat. <laughs> that would be really cool, actually. And that's why she's so, hey, I came over to you. No, you're gone, kind of deal. And like, what a theme of like, you know, for a, for a two-lover relationship, a theme of, the sacrifices that we made for each, each other end up driving us apart, mm-hmm. right? The, ta- the sacrifices we make to try to bring each other closer is what ends up driving us apart. That'd be fucking interesting. But I don't want to see Ben fall to the dark side. No, not so at all. stop it. No, not at all. Inside the grotto, when everybody has seen everything and the battle kicks off, well, Ben is sparing Vistara's life multiple times. He's fighting around her, not killing her out of his way to get to the Dark Lord of the Sith, right? Because he's seen the, the lady on the throne. Yeah, he's got a couple of opportunities to do it, too, and doesn't. Yeah, he spares her multiple times. Talon does not. <laughs> After the battle, she's beaten for failing and has covered to sneak back to the Jedi as a refugee spy. At Pyrrhus, she's spying and lying. She tells the Sith where they are, then convinces Ben to follow Luke after Abeloth just in case. Which really meant, I want to go meet the Sith when they come to pick me up. <laughs> I called everybody for backup. Ah, uh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Right? Betrayed. She's a liar. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Betrayed. 
During the confrontation with uh, Kanabaloth, Vistar is battling Ben, but also accidentally zaps Talon at the same time that she zaps him with Force Lightning. Accidentally? Yeah. Before later ultimately killing High Lord Talon to save Ben Skywalker. But not for that reason, right? Talon, bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Talon, bad guy. He's Zengi. <laughs> she could never admit that she saved ben, ben Skywalker because she cares about him. That would be un-Sith. That would be, how could I ever How could I ever be a Sith after I would admit something like that? Wait a minute. I just killed the High Lord. <laughs> For the greater good. Yes. But nonetheless, in the end, she's forced to join Luke and Ben, not as a prisoner... But as a teammate, because, as Bon Jovi once said, you can't go home. I mean, he says, who says you can't go home? It's a different message. <laughs> but <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, I don't know. But Avaloth has killed the High Lord of the Sith, right? You can't. Whether that was a good choice or not, her own father's ready to murder her for it. Yeah. So now she's a teammate. After having saved the Skywalkers... Again, Mm -hmm. at the end of the book. You know, for somebody who saves them so much, she sure also betrays them a lot. It's like such a weird... It's a good 50-50 split. (laughs) It's such a weird relationship between these three, where all this time that they've been together, this entire book they've been stuck together. The three of them, and more specifically Ben and Vistara, but they traveled together in the shadow the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The three of them having this like, antagonistic spy versus spy relationship that's been really fun this whole time is over now their relationship has changed luke skywalker said it at the end if you're coming with us we're not doing none of this spy shit anymore you can't go back to the sith so come with us yep that's it that's it we're not doing sneaky subterfuge locking each other out of rooms hiding comms community comms communications not to be too re-redundant, but <laughs> you know, it's a com- we end in a completely different spot with these three than where we started, and yet it's somehow exactly the same spot. Yeah, back in the shadow on the trail of Avaloth, but with a completely different dynamic having been earned over the course of this book. Yeah, whether and whether it's earned because it is, she killed the high Lord or whether it's, well, and she saved Ben from Talon and she saved Luke from, from whatever. And she saved them both at the end from the courtyard full of Sith. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's that. And Luke is just tired of having to watch her all the time. And he doesn't want to, he's like, he's done, um, siding with the enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. This the alliances with the Sith is done now. That's enough of that. You know, we've we've got as much as we could out of that, and now they are trying to actively kill you at the courtyard in the end of the book. It's done. Yeah. Stay or go. Pick your team. Yeah. And that's and that's it. It's gonna be fun in the next few books to see how she handles being. Yeah. Can she a teammate? Right. It's like you bring in. You're bringing the stray dog in the house. Yeah. How is she going to behave herself? <laughs> right. My my shadow, my rules. And we didn't get into her head very much through the course of this book, right? There wasn't 
a ton of scenes that were from Vistara's perspective, but damn, uh, if Vistara is not the hero of this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of multiple times over. Yeah. She's without meaning to, she's been kind That's of the word with, that was the phrase. <laughs> the hero, the whole series, yeah. without meaning Starting to. Starting with the first time Luke and Ben tracked her down on Dathomir. Yeah. And she saved his life from rancors and witches. Yeah, a couple of times. And you got to wonder the unintended consequences of things like calling the Sith for, for backup and stuff like that, right? Like, that calling the Sith for backup is what ultimately led to the dissolution of this alliance between the Jedi, between Luke and the Sith Mm -hmm. calling for backup. That betrayal, you know, has the unintended consequence of positivity Yeah, and pushing her into the Jade shadow as a teammate. If there aren't thousands of Sith there, when she kills high Lord Talon, she blames it on them. Nobody knows or her dad. Yeah. Or nobody knows. Exactly. But she called for backup. Mm-hmm. Right. The unintended consequences are like such a, just a powerful writing tool anyways. Yeah. When you, you know, like we do for D and D and stuff, you sit down and, and you think like, okay, this character wants this. So they do this. This is what they know happens. What else happens that they don't know uh, the, the unknown consequences of your actions. And then moving forward from that, where does that actually put you compared to where you think you're going to be? Right. Yeah. It's been a major theme of this whole book series. For God's sake, we're literally retracing Jason's steps from the beginning to understand the unintended consequences <laughs> of this information. He learned the actions he took and his ultimate death. Right. Yeah. It's pretty clear. What was your favorite moment of Vistara? If not sitting in the Jade Shadow as a teammate. <laughs> as an unintended consequence. I I like her um her whole emotional um like not so much just a single moment, but the journey she takes ending with the killing of mm-hmm. of the High Lord because she just She's still trying to rationalize that she's a Sith this whole time. Yeah. And she really has only been halfway there. And if you remember all the way back to book two, the first time when she goes to that Crystal Spire Sith school tower and she gets called before High Lord Talon and like the reverence and the and the unbelievability of where she is and who she's meeting, mm-hmm. she ends up killing that guy. Yeah, she does. Because she's special, in case you don't remember from the beach at the fucking beginning of that second book. Yeah, right away. She's special because Ship is talking to her. My favorite moment of Vistara, uh, I don't know which time that she saved everybody. I don't know. One, <laughs> one of those times. I think it was, I think it was Ben, uh, saving Ben at the end because because of Ben. Where mm-hmm. he's like, don't worry, Dad, I got a plan. And he like winks over his shoulder back towards Vistara. Yeah. And Luke's like, oh my God, we're dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> he does do good. Bend then, it all on her. You know, against all odds, she defies expectations and, uh, and saves everybody. Let's move on to our next character. Ben Skywalker. Uh... 
sky walking, fine line walking, 16, 17, who knows, year old. No, it's, it's only Alana that ages differently than everyone else. Maybe that's part of the magic. Yeah, maybe it'll only be five years instead of ten. <laughs> maybe it's just one of those things that nobody's mentioned where it's like she's got a bit of a jack thing going on. <laughs> ben Skywalker. Hard to decide if he's dumb, infatuated, or just tirelessly trusting. Maybe all three? I don't know. Because he spends this book alternating between crushing disdain for Vistara's betrayals and endless offerings of an olive branch the other way. Mm-hmm. A show you another way, a make you make a promise. I, He's a teenager. Yes. He feels all the things all the way. So when he's disappointed in being betrayed by Vistara, it's 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's all the way. When she needs his help, it's 100% committed to saving her, right? He doesn't want to think about all these betrayals at the beginning of the book. He only wants to remember and think about her good aspects. Remember that was very like a very pointed thing that Ben thinks to himself. I don't want to think about how bad she is. I just want to think about how good she is. Yeah, or how good she could be kind of deal. Yeah, that more particularly, right? And I would say throughout this entire book, 0% focused on Abeloth and the Sith. Nah. Zero, zero. Yeah. Zero. I'm going to say it again. None. (laughs) (laughs) But for, for, for real, Uh, uh, you know, he starts at the beginning of the book where, uh, God, I don't know what (laughs) 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 they're, they're, they're trying to figure out uh, who gets to take Abeloth's body. And he doesn't even really care about that. He just cares about that. He has to have a tug of war with the star, you know? And then, she gets uh she goes running off into the woods and he goes running after her not to catch the sith but to catch her mm-hmm. you know what I, like it's all of his goals all of his focus is very vistara centric part of that being his father giving him orders to keep an eye on her and like she's your responsibility type of thing yeah but that just is feeding into what he already wants to be doing yeah paying all of his attention to this it's it's always good to get an order to do something you already wanted to do yeah right Right. that that's called leadership (laughs) and you can't do it in your sleep now (laughs) you like that further proof that he's zero percent focused on abeloth and the sith ship offers for him to join the dark side and he's just like nah vistara He's like, uh, he doesn't even think about it in terms of light side, dark side, being tempted. You're a bad guy. He just thinks of Vistara. Mm-hmm. And it's whatever. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop uh, tooting that horn because it's the whole book. Yeah. Is him staring at her because he either has to or wants to, accompanying her because he either has to or wants to. Sorry, both every time. <laughs> or also saving her or being saved by her. This is their entire book. Yeah. Swapping turns, <laughs> saving each other and him constantly being like, yeah, but you're going to be a good guy. He, he kind of, he has no sort of direction. 
other than following her. And it all starts from the very beginning when the two of them hold hands to go check on Dion's dad. Yeah. And she locks him in the Jade Shadow Med Bay. They hold hands and walk together. And from that point on, he's following her. Mm -hmm. Like, not to be, I don't know, too uh, abstract about the idea. But that's kind of exactly what happens. They take a few steps together. And then when she betrays him, every step he takes is to bring her back to that holding hands together moment. Yeah. And that contact there, that actual physical contact is where he... He really mentally resolves that idea, right? Yeah. yeah. And to, and to, I can do this. I can get her on our side, like for real. Yeah. And I will save you from the deadly jungle, but she's got a promise to be good, right? That's yeah. in his head. He's like, I'm going to get her to be a good person. And then on that cliff, he's like, you're going to be a good person. And remember we were like, did he make like a magic force promise or something? Or <laughs> yeah, whatever? yeah. No, he's just like, I'm going to show you how good it feels to be good. And that's my plan. Yeah. Look at, look at the Sith around you. Look at all the, the hate, the violence, the anxiety, all the mistreatment. And I'm just going to show you how much fun me and my dad have being nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like the feral, the wild dog, the, the stray dog outside, Mm -hmm. you bring it into your house and you're like, look at how we love each other. We can love you like that too. You don't have to scrounge for scraps outside and fight with other dogs and animals for for safety and food, right? <laughs> you, you don't have to fight for everything you need. That's not how we do it over here on the light side of the force. Yeah. We support each other. We help each other. We save each other from cliffs. And she returns that favor like right away. Yeah. Because they go from saving her in the jungle, she's upside down, to running down to whatever and talon's got ben upside down (laughs) you know it's like pretty quick mirror he sees himself in the pool of knowledge down in the grotto after talon puts him down as a brown robed black armored sith styled lightsaber older man Mm -hmm. what's that tim that is interesting to me because it's almost like it's a fusion of the Sith and the Jedi that they're like one group now. Mm. He's got the black armor of the Sith, the brown robes of the Jedi, but he's older. So that's like his future. Right. So the future is gray. That's interesting. Oh, God. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say that, Tim. <laughs> the future is gray, my man. Here's how gray it is. Uh, ben shoots Vistara's dad <laughs> in this fight. Remember that fight where he was trying to not hurt her? Well, shoots her dad. <laughs> yep. And uh, then as they leave, he and Luke are escaping. He says out loud to his dad, we can't leave Vistara. I don't want to leave her behind turns out he's right because talent beats the shit out of her all that jazz yep further proving ben's point that it's terrible over there and the whole time remember specifically while he is you know dodging around vistara and taking her out of his harm's way Mm -hmm. very 
very much directly endangering himself that whole time. Yeah. Right? And she comes out beat up and he takes Vistara's hand once again mm-hmm. up the ramp of the ship, the ship, the ship, mm-hmm. sip, <laughs> 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 the Emiax. He takes her hand up the ramp. Danger sense for dad. And then we cut to the two of them bantering spy banter in the Emiax on the way over to Pierder. Where Avaloth has stolen the Jade Shadow too. He's afraid of the Plague Moon. He doesn't want to spread it to the rest of the galaxy. Thoughtful guy. But he goes with Vistara instead of stopping her. Which is... I don't... Didn't understand why at the time. Yeah. Pretty easy. Pretty easily she talks him into, come on. Because he wants to. Yeah. He doesn't want to even stun bolt her and carry her back to the ship. Like... Is that not an option? Yeah. Maybe not for force users. It's not so easy or something, but like he just goes with her. Cause that's all he wants to do. He wants to hold her hand to the med bay. He wants to hold her hand up the ramp. He wants to sit in the front seat with her. He doesn't No, That's, that's what's up, man. Yeah. Everything he does is guided by this desire to love Vistara and therefore the need to save her. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard to love right now. When she's betraying you <laughs> every <laughs> other chance she gets, like you said, 50-50. And it's pretty much cut to the end where he's doing Vistara in the in that, what was it? Not maintenance hall, meeting hall. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing, he's doing with Vistara while Luke's getting killed by Abeloth. But he's trying to disarm her, not kill her, even though his dad's being strangled and swallowed up by some... <laughs> Ancient monster yeah. thing. Having to Luke's having to burn himself with lava and all this stuff. He ends up getting force netted by Talon, and then Vistara saves them all, right? And joins the team by Luke's invitation. Which the whole time he's been telling Ben, she's not worth it. You can't save her. It's not going to work. And then she saves them like seven or eight times, and he's like, okay. Yeah. May, okay, maybe I see a path here. You yeah, know, there, like, uh, there might be a way. There might be a way to do this. And at the end of the book, everything's coming up Ben House, man. <laughs> He's getting everything he wanted. He's got Vistara sitting next to him. No longer a Sith. Yeah. So, well, no longer accepted within the Sith. That's a big step. Yep. Although... Not a very healthy relationship. No. You shouldn't have to excise the person you love from their entire family just for them, for <laughs> you to be able to love them. But here we are, nonetheless. Toxic environment, right? Yeah. Different thing. But he gets, he's, he's got everything he wants. Nobody's sick. He's not spreading a plague. <laughs> yeah. He's got his dad. They got their ship back. His dad likes his girlfriend. What more could you want? The yeah. rest of the Jedi are here. We're going to, to kill Abeloth. He doesn't even probably care about that. No, no, he's focused on his own mission. That's and that's that's the journey of Ben Skywalker across this book. You know what he does? He oh, he avoids staying stuck in the disappointment of Vistara's betrayals. Instead yeah. of dwelling on the negative, he focuses on the positive and look at all the results it it yields. Yeah, because that definitely could have been a path he went down. He could have just 
went after that conversation that after she locks him in the med bay yeah cool you we were just holding hands (laughs) betrayed right like any moment at any one of those betrayals could be the moment where he's sick of it and done with it Mm -hmm. but he's a skywalker and so you can never betray them enough you even got to come back from the past as their ex-girlfriends and torture them some more oh my god <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that what's supposed to happen between Ben and Vistara? Oh she boy. becomes a Lumaya, trains his nephew, <laughs> turns him <laughs> against him. Jaina and Jag's son. There's a path. Whoa! <laughs> what, did, what did I just write? What's your favorite moment for Ben Skywalker in Vortex? When he has a plan, when he saves her from hanging upside down, and he says. I got a plan. I got a plan. I'm going to show her that making, I'm going to make her make the right decisions Mm -hmm. by just showing her which way is the right way. It's such a simple and almost laughably naive plan. Yeah. I know how to make this bad person a good person. Do good things around them. (laughs) Give them chances to be good. But it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's, that's it's like he's parenting her or rehabilitating her really yeah. right which is to uh, to accept the fact that there's going to be a level of disappointment and failure in living up to the expectation the new expectation mm-hmm. but all the chances that he gives her and every time oh my god does it seem like the wrong idea emphasized so much by Luke Skywalker's despair at the <laughs> end when he realizes i'm wrapped up by a monster my son is getting cut to cubes by this force net. Mm-hmm. We're going to die because he's in love with a Sith. Because he's putting his faith in this 16-year-old girl. In that's... this irredeemable evil yeah. figure, right? Yeah. That's great. That's so good. His plan, pretty awesome. Yeah. And very Ben Skywalker. Yeah, just that, that her innocent some rope. good guy. Give her some rope, give her some faith and and she she turns it around if for If I him. can if I can assassinate Karelian prime minister and stay in the light, I can redeem anyone, right? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> My favorite moment was when he blurted out that thing about 25,000 years. <laughs> and I was like, "Where the shit did this come from?" Yeah, that information came out of nowhere. Shot me real good. Yeah, Abeloth's been in the Maw for 25,000 years. How the hell do you know that? I don't know anything about her. (laughs) It's got to be based on, you know, whatever the technology that moved all the black holes into synchronous orbit and whatever the hell, but that was shocking. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to our next character. All right. Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster of Still... Being wrong. <laughs> Man, Luke, Ben, and Vistar are together for most of the book. We've pretty much covered all of the events <laughs> with the last two characters. We've covered it twice now. So we'll be a little more brief and just focus on his thoughts more. A little more brief as I show you the page <laughs> filled. <laughs> for example, let's focus on what I said. The grandmaster of being wrong still being wrong he thinks Abeloth is dead wrong Mm -hmm. he takes Talon to the font of power on Abeloth's planet remember they mind walked Mm -hmm. showed him all the stuff first yeah 
And then he goes there with them in ship. Wrong. Turns out that was wrong. Talon saw the Jedi queen on the throne. That was wrong. Which is kind of indicative of this whole book. And the sacrifice that Luke has had to make being outnumbered out here by the Sith. Luke doing things he doesn't necessarily want to. But he has to. Because Abeloth is too dangerous or the Sith are too numerous. Yeah, he's had to make a lot of concessions for that he normally wouldn't. The odds are stacked way too far against them with this unknowable being and then thousands of Sith army fleet of ships, right? It's kind of, you, it's kind of a microcosm of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. When he's in the ship, in ship, with the Sith, going to the font of power. Mm-hmm. Which he knows corrupted Jason. He knows the information that's in there because he's already seen it when he was mind walking. He's already seen uh, Alana on the throne. Amelia? What's her real name? Alana. No. Her real name Her real name is, is Alana. Okay, yes, they yeah, call see, her Amelia. Yeah, I got it right. I got it right. Once. <laughs> that, that might have been the first time. It freaked me right out. I was oh, lost. God. But anyways, he's already seen it and he still goes with, there with them anyways. They know, they figure out, uh, this is a trap, you know, ship bringing us here, but they got, you got to do it anyways. What do you, what else can you do if you're Luke Skywalker? He's forced into uncomfortable alliances and almost betrayal of his own ethics. Yeah. Constantly in an effort to stop the greater evil of Abeloth, right? You disregard the lesser evil of the Sith. We'll deal with the thousands of them after I deal with this thousands of times more powerful than thousands of evil force users, mysterious being. His decisions are largely forced upon him by those factors or protecting Ben's life. Those are those two things. He's trying to do two things this book. Get Abeloth and keep Ben alive. And it's not just him that's focusing on Ben's life or death. Talon says it so many times, mm-hmm. it's not even funny. I'm going to kill your kid in front of you and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what, how it goes from there. And then he starts doing it. Like Ben's life is put on, uh, on Luke's shoulders verbally a lot. Yeah. Uh, As much as it already physically is by, you know, being exiled in this, in in this dangerous mess together with no one else. So it's kind of those, those things are kind of his drive through this entire book. Ever since he found out about Abeloth, she's been the focus, right? Ever since she escaped, She's been the focus. We thought she was dead, but now she's not again. And then again. And now, you know, we gotta, it's, we gotta make whatever sacrifices we have to make to destroy the bigger thing, which and, is why, oh, sorry. Uh, go Luke's gotta keep Ben alive because without Ben, he'd be dead multiple times. Yeah. It, there's only the two of them. You've yeah. only got one friend to yeah. help you. Right. <laughs> and protecting Ben's life is very important, which is why he starts coming around on Vistara. Because she has saved his life and Ben's life several times now over and over again and vice versa. They've saved her from Talon and, and, and her own father and the rest of the Sith several times. She saved them multiple times. At the pool of knowledge, Luke and everyone see the Jedi Queen on the White Throne, which is like our whole reason for these 15 books now. Yeah. 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 Why did Jason start doing the things he did? This, yeah, this to make that happen. What he saw in the pool of knowledge, he didn't see this. He saw bad. Yeah, this pool of knowledge and the information 
within has been the impetus for the entire last 15 books that we've read. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring the Sith there and you know what you're going to see, because we know what we've already read, it's, it's an inevitable change of principle that's coming where Luke Skywalker has to now take action instead of reacting. Yeah. He has to actively attack the Sith in the grotto because the shit, they saw a Jedi queen. Yeah. They, even though I, what did I else did I think he was going to see in the pool? Yeah. I, he knew what they were going to see, but he had to bring them. Uh, it was all forced upon him. Yeah. To keep the Alliance going as long as he could, which is the only thing he can do to try to have any sort of balance of power against Abeloth. Yeah. Keep this Alliance with the Sith, you know, by capitulating to whatever, bits and pieces you need to give up yeah and well this comes with a big change right and it's reflected in saba and the jedi back on coruscant too the time for inaction and waiting to react is over yep no kent hamner we can't sit here and wait for comatose buatu to save us (laughs) action we we do we smash chairs with tails and we go let's go it's on and you know it's the same it's being reflected here in the same thing in luke where it sort of has been building that way over the course of these books where he was just kind of sent on a a mission to clear his name if you can figure out what happened to jason solo wink wink you can come back the wink wink being you'll never (laughs) cross the galaxy and figure out what the hell happened right well he does yep which gives him the building towards this bigger goal of discovering Abeloth and this unimaginably unquantifiable threat to the galaxy, (laughs) whatever she is. All of this has been building to Luke getting to this point where we can't, we can wait no longer. We have to do, we have to do. Yeah. Let's go do a thing. Let's stop just waiting. And so then they do. <laughs> Luke cuts off Vistara's dad's arm after Ben had shot him, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I hope that comes up again. Hey, guys, remember the grotto? <laughs> Why was I crying on my knees, holding my hand out? All that. Anyways, uh, Luke cuts off Gavar Kai's Gavar arm. A lot Just of put all the R's in them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, of course, a kind of a nod to himself, right? He's cutting off his son's girlfriend's father's arm. It's a father taking an arm. It's a okay. It's a whole. It's a whole Star Wars thing. Yeah, getting hands cut off. It's a whole samurai thing. Yes, which is what. Star Wars is heavily influenced by it with George Lucas being a lover of Kurosawa samurai films. But like, why do they get their hands cut off all the time? Cause in feudal Japan, you don't have robotic cybernetic replacements. And if you're a sword fighter who gets your hand cut off, could there be a worse thing to happen to you? Yeah. That's, that's probably a fate worse than death, right? You'd rather die honorably in a sword fight than lose your hand. Yeah. Then it's a whole star Wars. Live thing, your life right? miserably. Yep. And part of that gets uh, that gets interpreted in the Star Wars universe as, well, we cut off the magic wizard hand, and now you have less magic. 
right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to be a whole person and now you, you use the force less. So you have to use the dark side to get more of the force to re-equal the amount that you would have had if you had a sustainable wrist. <laughs> he cuts off Gavar Kai's arm. I can't, why can't I say that? I don't know. Gavar Kai's arm. <laughs> yeah. And then he realizes in the fracas that Abeloth has escaped in the Jade Shadow while they're all busy fighting each other at the grotto. Dun, dun, dun. Fooled again. Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster of still being wrong. He head to Perder, where Luke runs into another old flame, Akana. He doesn't ask himself why all these girlfriends are Abeloth. No, we do multiple times. Yep. He doesn't ask himself why all these girlfriends hate him. But maybe they don't. Maybe just Abeloth does? For some reason. And why? <laughs> right? Why? Luke then has to face the failings of his Jedi Order as Akana kind of ripped him a new one. Mm-hmm. You know, you've let, you let your own nephew fall to the dark side and he damn near destroyed the galaxy. You Jedi and your worry about this is overlooking this and this is why you all fall and all that jazz, right? Moves on pretty quickly though from that. <laughs> Gets over that really quick. It takes him a moment, a literal moment. And then he starts arguing with her. Uh, moves on quickly enough to start preserving this Amelia Queen vision. Because that's the goal. The goal has surfaced from the conflict in the grotto. Originally, there was no threat to this vision on the White Throne. Yeah. Luke seen it beyond shadow and it was just like, all right, well. That's that's a thing that's that's uh, we're on the path to and cool. Nobody else knows. Yeah, great. And then the Sith find out and then it becomes his sort of secondary goal. Yeah, because the primary one is destroy Abeloth because she is a threat to the secondary goal. Yeah, they definitely they go hand in hand. Yeah, because there's no way that she's going to let that happen right no, no as we find out through this conversation because akana baloth is telling luke that jason changed the flow of the current by doing all that stuff that he did and that wasn't supposed to happen you're not supposed to see what's in the pool of knowledge and then change it but he did and so abeloth through akana which maybe i don't know who's saying this but yeah. they're saying They need to reset the current to its natural intended path. Which is changing the current, which is not Which is Luke's argument. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's been changed once. Why does changing it twice make that better? (laughs) Two wrongs don't make a right, right? All that, whatever. But an interesting insight, maybe, into Abeloth's goals. Yeah, maybe. Why? Maybe she's the one who's been influencing getting the dark person on the throne all this time in the first place. But why does the current need to be reset? Maybe she is the dark person on the throne? Maybe. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dang, Tim. I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Maybe that's why she's so, I don't know, so uh, so concentrated. I mean, maybe that's just her argument to get these people to serve her. Yeah. Is that the current's been changed and that's not right. Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what her motivations are. I don't know what her goals are. But I know that she absolutely outmatched Luke Skywalker in multiple battles against him here in the meeting hall. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Not maintenance hall. 
He's got to nearly Anakin nuke himself to stop her once. And then she's alive again. <laughs> then she walks in. And he has to be saved by Ben's plan the second time. Yep. Have you ever seen Luke Skywalker so outmatched and overpowered? No, not, not to the point of... I gotta maybe kill myself in order for in order to win. Never, like yeah. way back in the original movies, when he was trying to fight Darth Vader. And honestly, even then, it's like he there was he limitations to what he was willing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he actively <laughs> um, resisted the Emperor multiple times in that scene. Yeah, and. Not that he's using the dark side of the force or anything here. He's way past that. He's fallen and recovered multiple times by now. But he has to almost explode himself. Yeah. To stop her. He and then takes a lava bath. And then that raises the question when she walks back in the room after he already killed her. He nearly killed himself to kill her. And then the question when she walks back in becomes, how is that worth it? Yeah. If I kill myself to kill one of her, how the hell does that help anybody? Yeah, hopefully he <laughs> stops she walked doing right that. back in the room. Yeah, it was 10 seconds later. Like hopefully that maybe puts an end to the magnitude of his self-sacrifice. Uh maybe. like maybe. That's an that's an interesting point. What tool does a Jedi need to use if self-sacrifice isn't enough? Because mm-hmm. it was for Anakin, Solo. That yeah. was that was exactly what he needed. And it's described as the same experience here, right? But it's not even close to enough. The most you can possibly manage to do, she walked right back in the room. So... What do you do? Regardless. Yeah. Strangled and mangled. Luke Skywalker signs Vistara Kai to the team. Professional tryout. Contract signed. <laughs> Which is a big deal, right? Yeah. Because he's been the one telling us all all along. She's irredeemable. There's nothing you can do about it. Quit wasting your time. I know you're not going to. Yeah, she's pretty. All right, she's kind of cool. Okay, she saved me once. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a big deal for him to make that journey too, because it was kind of stupid that he started so in such an obstinate position. Yeah, I guess it, maybe it's prejudice just the, to the Sith, well, probably in the overwhelming numbers. Yeah, like I guess to to reiterate the Abeloth point, if I save one Sith, how does that help? <laughs> There's <laughs> thousand more of them. Like if I kill one Abeloth, what does that do? Mm-hmm. At the end of the book, they're right back where they started. Like I said, the three of them in the Jade Shadow, Luke Skywalker leading the search for Abeloth, his most important focus. Ben and Vistara might be focused on each other in the co-pilot seats, but Luke is only focused on Abeloth. So much so that he leaves behind the Jedi Stealth X team that comes to to the rescue at the end of the book. And he's just gone. Yeah. He's Catch up with him. me. I'll see you guys later. This is so important that I'm going to abandon the dozens, hundred of Jedi that have come to save me. Yep. I am going to immediately leave. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Bye.
Bye. Yeah, sorry, another party to go to. <laughs> Lots of Jedi failure guilt. The desperate need to save Ben all the time. And aggressive, aggressive protection of the White Throne. Yeah. And Alana Solo's identity. Sorry. That, that's not going to be worth it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the kid told the secret. The man's wrong a lot, isn't he? He, he is. Turns out Vistaro is worth saving. Yeah, well, when you're making all the decisions, there's more decisions to get wrong. That's that's an excellent point, Tim. We are. I'm very critical of Luke Skywalker, but he he does have to make all the choices, doesn't he? Yeah. And that burden of leadership is its own responsibility. 50-50, like Vistaro, right? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that with Luke, too. What was your favorite moment? Of Luke Skywalker in Vortex. The attack. When he attacks the Sith. When he makes that conscious choice. Yeah. When he makes that conscious choice to, instead of, uh, okay, they're going to do a thing, so I should. This is is happening, so let's go first. And, like, you might expect him to stand up and take a defensive stance. Mm-hmm. Not or jump across like, the room and not jump across the room like Palpatine and lightsaber spinning in a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool moment. I like that. I liked him being absolutely outmatched by Abeloth because that brings an uh, unimaginable level of power to this context to this to this story yeah luke skywalker is like always been the most powerful reliable guy in the galaxy to the highest degree compared to everybody else yeah compared to every other thing that we know the only greater threats that than luke skywalker are big machines that shoot giant lasers and shit like that Mm. right like that's (laughs) or (laughs) an army comes in from another galaxy this is a singular maybe (laughs) <laughs> this is a, okay i'm just gonna go with it it's a singular entity that we saw luke battle with the help of the sith trying to net her and whatever back on her planet that reduced her powers or whatever mm-hmm. right here we see her with the falanasi around her helping her high lord talon helping her <laughs> it's everyone against luke and it's almost pitiful. Yeah, he is wrecked. He, you know, like he manages to struggle and win that first battle against her. She's on top of him. Jiu-Jitsu octopus choking him out, stumping him in the in the throat. He's got a force enhances trachea, whatever, the larynx. Mm-hmm. And then he, like the way, just the way I was picturing it when I was reading it, it was, it was obviously well written. Him getting up so battered and like on the brink of death. And he's like, okay, last thing I got to do is save my son from the high Lord. And then this bitch walks back in the room. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. He is so dead. Yeah. I, I, it, it could have happened. It could have easily happened. She could have walked in and if she would have gone after him, like to try and kill him him to suffer. Yeah. He would have been dead easily. Like he, he was choked out. He blacked out. He was unconscious. He was out. And in the words of Boss Rutan, never let them get to choke on you. Because once you're out, God knows what they're going to do to you. (laughs) 
Luke Skywalker almost died. Mm-hmm. Ben Skywalker almost died. Vistara Kai, not so much. Nope. Jaina Solo, not so much. Abeloth, almost died. Han and Leia Solo and Alana, not so much. Leia, maybe. Yeah, Leia, maybe. She could have been blown to smithereens for a second. <laughs> there, there, was, there was a paragraph there that I was worried. But that's it, man. Boom. Just like that. Fate of the Jedi, book six, Vortex, by Troy Denning, is complete. We finished our 15th book of this podcast. That is a lot. It's not yeah. really a lot to read over the course of like two and a half years. No. Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of Vortex, man, the Jedi are cracked, not broken, but aggressively resolute. Dala is outmaneuvered, but planning an outrageous comeback. The Sith have lost their High Lord, but remain numerous. Abeloth is loose in the galaxy. And the Skywalkers, plus one, are on her trail. Here's a weird question for you. Mm -hmm. What was the Vortex? Why is this book called Vortex? <laughs> I actually thought about this. Oh, good. Because I, really I have did. no idea. <laughs> and I think it's more of everybody looking for the upper hand, the power, that kind of vortex where it's all sucking them to finding, getting the, the power or the control. Because mm. Luke's looking for the control to stop Abeloth from affecting his Jedi. Right. Dala's looking for the control. control Saba had to kill Hamner. Yeah. To get the control. She didn't want to. Right. But she did. But nonetheless. Yeah. He's still dead. What if it's like, I like that. And also I like the idea of the vortex, like you said, being the thing that pulls everybody mm-hmm. into a singularity, into a single focused point. Where that, Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Wherever that is. Yeah, exactly, right? It's got to be Abeloth. Abeloth has to be the singularity at the middle of the vortex. And everything that's happened in this book has somehow drawn everybody deeper and further into that event horizon yeah. type of thing. And I've, I've like, brought it up a few times. Like, it all has to do with her. Of course. All yeah, of it. Yeah, for sure. Like Alana's secret at the end. Mm-hmm. That's got that's got the whole Jedi Temple swirling down that vortex now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh, the lingering thread of okay. What was your favorite moment of the entire book? What did you li- not favorite moment, but like, what did you like most that happened through the course of this book? And I'll say, I liked Vistara paying off Ben's trust, mm-hmm. like that that sequence of trust and betrayals didn't end negatively. Yeah. I really, really like that. The good guy kid got the bad girl to do the good thing. Yeah. You know, like I just on a simple level, I appreciated that journey. It was really just nice. Kind of heartwarming. Yeah. It didn't, didn't end in the betrayal that it very easily could have. She could have, she could have not killed Talon and decided kind to just of go. Both finishes were telegraphed. Like either way, it was 
going to be obvious what she did, (laughs) (laughs) even though that doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) She only had two choices. Right. But they both could have been the right choice, Mm -hmm. you know, in the story. Yeah. But I'm just happy Luke Skywalker's like, yo, you're on the team. Yeah. That's cool. And and my my thing, like, my one thing that I really liked, it's it's another of the good for good sake, is Tahiri and her choices mm-hmm. and being, I'm going to do this the right way. Yeah, because she's got to go through the whole journey of getting it wrong first, right? Yeah. Like, she doesn't trust that Aramuth Buatu is not actually falling asleep. She doesn't trust that he's still... He's still um, cognizant enough to to win the trial. She hires a, a, fa- a upcoming hotshot lawyer, uh, who then is butting heads with her guy who wants to quit, who doesn't get to quit, and then she ends up firing the other person. Yeah, because she never should have brought her in in the first place. Sardines. Yeah, and the, the judge is, she says, "I would like to fire one of my counsel." Good choice. Talking about Aaron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Psyched him out. Hey, Psyched out the sardine. Judge. You're gone. Right. Yeah, man. Her, I like to her, hear her, her little thing was. Uh, this is kind of a standout of the obviousity of the message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but you know. But I got with it. the point being driven home by the Jedi with their new Jason Solo rule. You know, it's, yeah. It's it's given to us by Ben. The whole point of him and Vistara's relationship is to prove to somebody that doing the right thing the right way matters. Yeah. Right. Do good every day. It comes, it comes through Tahiri. It, it comes through everything. Every, I don't know, what, what would you call it? Sections of the story? Because they're kind of in different threads. Every yeah. thread kind of, it, it, it tells you that same message. And maybe that matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because even the slavery part of it has that same thread. Exactly. Don't have slaves. Even it's if the slaves good. aren't smart enough to feel like slaves. Yeah. Like the horse people are not quite, they're, they're quasi-sentient. Yeah. They don't understand that they're slaves. They just have a great time running around being horse people and stuff. Yeah. Right? They have a better life At the end here, of but... the day, when you evaluate that action, the ends of them not understanding does not justify the means of slavery. Yeah must do the right thing the right way for the right reasons or suffer the horrible consequences mm-hmm. really is the unspoken end of that tenet. Yeah. What did you miss in this book? I'll go more Jada. <laughs> what about you? What did you want more of? What was good and you wanted more of, or what wasn't there that you wanted to see? Wow. This, I I actually really liked this book. There wasn't too much that I felt that it was missing. You bring up Jaina every book. Yep. Um, I sure do. But <laughs> Funny, she doesn't show up more. More of... like I know there was a lot of Dala and her interactions with the Jedi, but more of what she's yeah. thinking. More in, of Dala in her office. Yeah. Or at Boatu's bedside trying to... Trying to tie yarns to 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 her thumbtacks on the wall. Yeah, and all that jazz, more of her right? internal stuff, or even external saying to people, but just more of what she's doing behind the scenes. Just more her. Yeah. yeah. In a non-directly confrontational scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're wrong, and I'm gonna. And, do, and like, yeah. we didn't even get very much Windorvin either. But he, no, he he's... has been our eyes through Dala this whole time, right? He might be winning a Savic tournament um, as a kidnappy. <laughs> yeah. 
just how Star Wars goes, man. You know what I would have liked more of too, actually. Whatever this clandestine secret. Uh, uh, wow, way to be redundant again. Mm-hmm. The, the costume <laughs> card party thing, man. Yes. Who are those people, and what are they doing? This yeah. is six books. Yeah, we've mo- seen them twice. And the moths have been kind of silent this book. All of the moths. <laughs> yeah. Hello, <laughs> the Empire at all. What happened at the end of the book? Why is Jag's ship still around Coruscant in orbit? And they're telling him maybe don't secede. Wasn't that supposed to be the impetus for everything kicking off? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with that? I don't know. How about this, Tim? Rate it. What do you give this book? How many fates out of nine? Uh, I'm going high. I'm going like a seven. Oh, seven out of nine for me too. Look, it's right there on the page. Seven out of nine fates. I'm going to go back at the end and I'm going to listen to every one of our reviews and see what number I, yeah. I gave to each one. Yeah, man. I, I thought this one had a lot of twists, a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. 25,000 years of Vistara kills the High Lord. Some of them were obvious, but I don't understand this this impossible... What do you call that when a thing is an impossible thing, but it, it exists? But two contradicting things? Anyways. Improbable? No, that's not the word. I'm not okay. going to get it. But All right. how can it? how is it possible for a surprise to also be obvious? You know what I'm saying? It's... Like, co- like contradictory. Yeah, thing but there's a word yeah, for it. Yeah, ah. yeah. Paradoxical? Even though a paradox is not so close, dude. <laughs> that might even be it. Ooh, it feels close, not right. Anyways, I could have just been wrong. This book had <laughs> this book had this book was great. <laughs> yeah, it had a lot in it. It didn't really leave me characters, wanting more. Characters with much. massive opinion change and growth. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker accepted Vistara onto the ship. Vistara abandoned the Sith. Jaina apologized to her boyfriend. Huge stuff. (laughs) Very strong book. Yeah. But now, we look ahead to Fate of the Jedi, book seven, Conviction. Written by the late Aaron Alston. Released May 24th, 2011. Not quite on the 10-year anniversary of this one like we were Vortex. And let's have a look at the front cover. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Tim has purposely been avoiding looking at the cover and the backs ever since we kind of started doing this, right? Yeah. It's like, let's, yeah. let's do it now. What do you see on the front cover, Tim? Why don't you tell me? Yeah, this, uh, is that, for, that's for Stara. No, sir. Who is that? What's, that, what's on her forehead? Well, that's a Who scar. That? Uh, what am I missing? This is a woman. I'll tell you what we're looking at. A A woman with long blonde hair holding a blue lightsaber and a two-handed grip. She has a scar on her forehead and a number printed on her shoulder. Who is it, Tim? Oh, there we go. Number on the shoulder. is Tahiri. Tahiri. Tahiri Vela on the cover of a book titled Conviction. See, her hair looks red because it's red lit. I didn't get the... Totally. You're totally right, dude. You're totally right. But... That's Tahiri. As much as we've been dipping into her life in drips and drabs across six books, mm-hmm. she's on the cover she gets a, of the seventh book. Very red background, no? 
Yeah. For a woman holding a blue lightsaber who's just been rescued from the dark side recently. Mm-hmm. Very red. Ominous. Scary, even. You know what's even scarier? The back cover. Okay. Let us have a look at it, and I will read it for our listeners. Mm-hmm. The Jedi have struck a blow against tyranny. Can they strike down ultimate evil? Chief of State Natasi Dalla has been overthrown, and the Jedi Order has taken control of the Galactic Alliance. But while the new governors dismantle Dalla's draconian regime, forces still loyal to the deposed official are mobilizing a counterstrike. And even the Jedi's new authority may not be enough to save Tahiri Vela, the former Jedi Knight and one-time Sith apprentice, convicted of treason for the killing of Galactic Alliance officer Gilad Pelion. Meanwhile, Luke and Ben Skywalker are relentlessly pursuing Abeloth, the powerful dark side entity bent on ruling the galaxy. But as they corner their monstrous quarry on the planet Nam Koryos, the two lone Jedi must also face the fury of the Sith Death Squadron bearing down on them. And when Abeloth turns the tables with an insidious ambush, the Skywalker's quest threatens to become a suicide mission. I'm stressed out already. What the criff is wrong with these covers, man? Hey, here's the whole book. What the hell? Yeah. Dala is overthrown. The Jedi are running the Galactic Alliance. This is not where we left at the end of the last book. These are massive changes that have happened off screen. And I'm being told about them on the back of the next book. Spoiling shit for me again. Remember the yeah. back cover of the last one? Yeah. Abeloth is not dead or something. Yeah. What? Yeah. Also, Tahiri gets convicted. Yeah. Spoiler alert for that trial that we just left on a major positive note. Yeah, it cool. was hugely positive. What the crap uh, is wrong with these covers? Abeloth wants to rule the galaxy? That's, that's, that's set in here. What? Why? What? Why? Powerful dark side entity bent on ruling the galaxy. Since when? Yeah, no, that was never said. She's been in prison for 25,000 years. Or even alluded to, really. Itty bitty living space. Yeah. What? I don't understand why these back covers for this series are so spoilerific. Or so adamant to tell us all the big changes that have happened in between books. Yeah. or But these shouldn't be happening in between books. And just like the last book that told us Abeloth was alive, we started Vortex with everybody thinking she's dead. Yeah. Nobody knows she's alive except us because we read the fucking back cover. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. That bothers me, man. That bothers me. Yeah, there's a lot that we're being told that we shouldn't be told. Nope. Like, shouldn't be told Doll is out. Shouldn't be told the Jedi are taking over the GA. No. It should shouldn't say, even be told to hear he's convicted. should be like, Dalla is like at risk of being overthrown or here's something what it, like Here's that. what it should say. Okay, here you go. The Jedi are cracked, not broken, but aggressively <laughs> resolute. Dalla is outmaneuvered, but planning an outrageous comeback. The Sith have lost their high lord, but remain numerous. Abeloth is loose in the galaxy, and the Skywalkers are on her trail. That's the recap of the last book. 
Yeah. And then little tidbits, teasers of what's happening in this book. Not the turning point. The Jedi took over the government. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's bullshit to put on the back of the cover. And it's not the author's choices. It's it's publishers, right? Yeah. So you're trying to sell the book hard. Don't yeah. like it. No. Two books in a row. Don't like it at all. Sounds like it's going to be an exciting book, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds I'm like pretty, it's going to be good. I'm pretty ready to open it up. <laughs> but I'm also pretty mad of all those spoilers. That you kind of don't even have to? Have you ever heard of Nam Corios? No. Me either. I read these. Oh. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> so what the Criffin Fearfeck is going on? Find out next week. When we kick off Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, with Chapters 1 through 4. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Spoilers! (laughs) Ah! For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.